Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. It's when we get wrapped up in this life that our perspective gets jacked up. You got somebody start serving God and then it don't go well. No, I was serving God over there. They didn't treat me right. I quit. What about you going to heaven? You going to stop sowing into eternity because they, they did something to you? Think about that. And, and, and I look at what Paul goes through and or what he went through and the little stuff we go through. I ain't been through nothing yet. You know, whenever I think I've been through something, y'all go read Paul's letters and I'm reminded, you ain't been through nothing. Don't even cry loud. Don't even act like you've been persecuted heavily. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that here on earth, we can get our priorities mixed up. We can place our entire life's focus on something that may feel important, but in the grand scheme of eternity, might not truly be all that important. When we start to pursue that perfect career, car, or home, we lose sight of God. When we take our focus off the Lord, it might start to feel like life has little purpose. In Christ, our purpose is to share the gospel and live our lives in the pursuit of Him and his character. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as he begins his message, A Resurrected Hope. All right, well, as we're making our way through 2 Corinthians, uh, we're kind of, you know, th- this chapter, chapter 5, you know, when, the, when Paul wrote 2 Corinthians, there were no chapter divisions. That was put in later for our benefit. So chapter 5 really follows the thought of chapter 4. And um, at, at, as we were finishing up last week, um, Paul was telling them that, look, we're, we, we don't look for the things that are seen, for the, for the things that are unseen. He was really encouraging them to live for eternity. And the, if I, the first 11 verses of chapter 5, that's why I broke it up the way I did. If I had to summarize it in a question, it would be, what are you living for? That's what's going to be begged here. He's going to speak about the present life compared to eternal life. He's going to speak about the motives in this life and, and, and how, kind of how we're using this life and how it's going to affect the next life. And uh, I, I just will say this right up front that, you know, we're all body, soul and spirit. Amen. Everybody know that you got a body, um, you got a soul and a spirit. Um, the part of us that is temporary is the body. Um, this body that we have right now, it, it's, it's going to last so long. Um, we do the best we can to take care of it. You know, uh, I just made some resolutions along that line. Try to take better care of my, you know, we, Paul calls it a tent. You know, it's temporary. Um, but God's preparing a, a dwelling place for us that's eternal, made in the heavens, not made for this world. It's made for the next one. And so our bodies are temporary, but the rest of us is eternal. We are eternal beings. God made two eternal beings. He made human beings. And he made angels. Uh, We live forever. Um, The question is, how will we live forever? In which state will we live? When we when we die on this earth, we got two options, right? It's heaven and what? Hell. Hell. There's no purgatory. Um, There's no reincarnation. You don't get to come back as a monkey, ant, goat, pit bull. You know, this is you live. Uh, Hebrew says it's appointed a man once to die. And after this, the judgment, you live one life, you die one death, you stand before God, you give an account for this life. One thing will matter when you stand before God. What did you do with his son? What did you do with Jesus? And so as Paul jumps in here, chapter five, he's really speaking to us about this life, how we're using it. Um, And I, I pray that we would consider that. How are we using the life that we have right now? It's a benefit. It's a privilege if we do it right. So look at chapter five, verse one. He says, for we know that our earthly house This tent is destroyed. I'm sorry, I missed if we know that if our earthly house, this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, 
eternal in the heavens. And so Paul is, you know, saying, hey, we know that if 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 this earthly house or this earthly uh, house or this tent is destroyed, we know that we have a building from God, a house. And I want you to notice the con the contrast between tent and a house. Anybody ever been camping with a tent? Um, tents are not made for the long haul. You know, if you get a tent. It's just meant for the, the weekend or the night. You know, nobody here would be living in a tent because we wanted to. Now, you know, maybe we have some hard times, and you, you know, but for the most part, we don't live in tents. Amen. Unless we have to. If you do come see me, we, we, we help you. Uh, but, you know, a tent is a temporary dwelling. I've, I've been in tents just a few times. I've gone. I'm not really a camper, but I was forced a few times. and I've been out camping and been in tents. It's not, I don't enjoy it. You know, this, I, I want to be, if I got to go be on vacation, I want a hotel. I want nice pillows. I want cushy bed. I want to enjoy. Uh, I went on a pastor's retreat and they had decided that we would go up to the Sequoias. It would be beautiful. We'd be in God's environment. We were in tents where the bears lived. The bears were at our campsite at night. I felt like a burrito for a bear. Like, what can stop this bear from getting in here? I, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't like it at all. And so I didn't want to go back. I only went for the fellowship. So this body is a tent, temporary dwelling place, not made for eternity. Not, it's not meant to be forever. And that's just speaking of the body, but that's the same is true with this life. If we invest everything we have into this life, we're missing it. We're missing it. We're, we have a house. We have somewhere we're going to be for all eternity that God is preparing a place for us. And we'll come to that in a little bit. And so we really want to be sowing into eternity. We really want to be living for the next life. We're in this life, but we want to live this life in such a way that we're, we're sowing up ahead, we're, that we're, we're really living for the life that is to come. And that's the point Paul's going to make. He said, look, if this tent is destroyed, we have a building from God. It's 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 a house not made with hands. It's eternal made in the heavens. And why, this is why I believe Paul was able to live so radically for the Lord. Um, he, had, he there was an abandonment to the comforts. He didn't live to be comfortable in this life. He lived to serve God. We're going to see as we come to the end of it. The, the goal of all this, if we if we understand this, this teaching correctly, that we will be people that live to please God, that that'll be the goal, the aim, the heart. Our aim is to be well pleasing to him. And so. How could a man like Paul, how, how come he lived the way he lived? How come he, he worked so hard for the Lord? How come he endured such hardship and, and just kept going, even though things didn't always go his way? He was in prison half the time, it seemed like. He's beaten, shipwrecked, you know, betrayed by, and he just kept going, faithful to the Lord the whole time. How come? Because he wasn't living for this. He wasn't living for this. It's, it's when we get wrapped up in this life that our perspective gets jacked up. You got somebody start serving God, and then it don't go what? I was serving God over there, and they didn't treat me right. I quit. What about you going to heaven? You going to stop sowing into eternity because they, they did something to you? Think about that. And, and, and I look at what Paul goes through and or what he went through and the little stuff we go through. I ain't been through nothing yet. You know, whenever I think I've been through something, y'all go read Paul's letters and I'm reminded you ain't been through nothing. Don't even cry loud. Don't even act like you've been persecuted heavily, you know. And so Paul says, look, I, I, I'm aware of this reality the Bible teaches us. And we need to be aware of the same reality that, hey, there's a. There's another reality for us. Um, if you're writing notes, write down John. Write down John chapter 14, uh, verse uh, verse two. I'm sorry. I'll read it to you real quick. Um, there, John speaking of eternity says, in my father's house are many mansions. I'm sorry. I read one and two. He said, let not your heart be troubled as Jesus was preparing to leave them. Uh, if you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. 
Right? God's preparing a dwelling for us. Now, that word mansions, the way that we like to interpret it, because we're on earth and we're earthly folk. And we everybody here who don't want a mansion. Right. We've got a little house. I want a bigger house. You know, you got a bigger house. I got a mansion. <laughs> you know, so when we look at mansions. I like that sounds good to me. I got a mansion in heaven, you know, bigger than yours. Probably, you know, that, that's that's how we think about it. But the word mansions literally means dwelling places. Um, we're going to have a place to dwell. It's, it's probably speaking of the, the, the body that we're going to have, our dwelling place. So it's not necessarily are we going to get to heaven and be like, that's your place. You always, I, you always hear people talk about like, look, look at that, look at his house over there. Whoa. And then this person over here got a little shack because they didn't really serve God. And it's a, it's a dwelling place. God's preparing a place for us. And so, um, and Jesus said, if we're not so, I would have told you. And so now look at, look at, um, I guess before we, before we go on, it, 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 there's a mindset that, again, I, I think we need to capture from Paul. And Paul is, again, recognizing that th- th- there's something eternal and there's something temporary. And we got to know the difference. I got, I've got a temporary house, this tent. God's preparing me a, a permanent house. It's, it's, a, it's made by God. It's, it's in the heavens. It's made for eternity. I have this right now, but I'm going to get this. And if I live for the temporary, I'll miss I could totally miss what God was preparing for me. I, I and you have an impact on what's being prepared. Uh, we, we're, Jesus encouraged his disciples. He said, hey, guys, don't store up treasure on earth where moth and dust corrupt, where thieves break in and steal. He said, store up treasure in heaven. Send it up ahead where moth and dust don't corrupt and where thieves don't break in and steal. Where are you going to be for all eternity? Send some ahead. Don't get so wrapped up in this life that you pour everything into this life. All your treasures are down here because, you know, this this is going to pass away. Everything here is going to burn. The best of what we have right now, it's all going to burn, you guys. It's so temporary. And so we want to be living for heaven. We want to solve. I'm going to invest my time. I want to invest it in something that matters in eternity. If I'm going to invest my things, my finances, I want to invest them in something that's going to matter in eternity. I can spend everything I have to have some more things right now and then die. And they just, they go to somebody else. They have, there are no consequence. I can invest the best of my energy, efforts and time and things that God would say, I don't care about that. I'm not really into that. Um, or we can, we can focus our lives and say, God, this is who I am. This is what you've made me. These are the gifts you've given me. And I want to be careful to use as much as I can. I want to use my life for your glory. And, and it might be, it's, it's, it's not all super spiritual, you guys. Some of it's just the natural life stuff. Some of you parents, don't realize the potential that you have as a parent. It's like having a church. If you're a parent, it's like being a pastor. God said, I've given you those sheep. Teach them about me. Be an example to them about me. Lead them to me. Be available to them. Help them. Your goal as a parent is to make them, help them know him. Do everything you can. You can't make your kid know God, but, but you, can, you can make the path straight for them. You know? uh, I can't make any of my kids know God, but I can point the way. I can lay an example. I can I can do everything I can to make sure that I don't I don't murky up the waters for him. I make the path as clear as possible. That's my job. That's my job before feeding them. That's my job before providing the house. That's my job. I'd rather them go to heaven hungry, skinny and cold than to go to hell warm, fat and smart. And sometimes as, as American folk, we get it all twisted. You know that you have Christian parents that if you talk to their kids, the most important thing is you get your education, boy. That's the most important thing. Because a parent will watch their kid fall away from God and say nothing. But let them bring an F home and you got a lot to say. That demonstrates something. That tells your kid what's valuable, what's important to you. 
And so we want to be careful about that. Our parenting could be one on your job could be one. Just living life. You guys, we, we have opportunity every day to store the soul into eternity. Look at verse two. Keep it moving. It says, for in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with the habitation which is from heaven. And it says, we, as Christians, we groan. There's a, there's a part of us that looks forward to, we realize that this thing is, this, this is, we're groaning, we're looking forward to what's to come. We realize there are limitations to this earthly body. Uh, some of the limitations that, that in this earthly body, we, we struggle with sin. Everybody here in some way, shape, or form. We're tempted, we struggle, we fail, we fall short. This, 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 this body, this life, it's just imperfect. On a good day, it's imperfect. So the limitations of this life, man, we struggle with sin. Um, disease, sickness, death, that's a, that's a reality in this life. This life is only going to go so long. The older we get, the more it breaks down. The, you take care of it best you can, but eventually... You know, the way I got to get to the next realm, if I'm not here for the rapture, is this body's going to break down. I'm going to die. That's how I meet the Lord. So that's a limitation in this body. Um, my knowledge is limited. I can, I can know so much. I can understand so much. But then, you know, the reality in the next realm is I, I got a new body, eternal, made in heaven. It doesn't get sick. It doesn't die. It doesn't sin. Sin nature gone. Um, it says when we see him, we'll know even as we're known. You know, people think when I get to heaven, I'm going to have some questions. No, you're not. You're going to know even as you're known. You have perfect. It'll be the first time in your life that you know it all. You get to heaven. Till then, don't act like you know it all because you don't. None of us do. And so, um, so we groan. You know, we realize that, man, there's a battle going on right now. I live in this thing. I want to do right. You know, there's a inside me, and we'll talk about that in a minute. You know, I got the spirit of God. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a part of me from the inside that wants to, wants to really be everything God wants me to be. want to be the man God wants me to be, but I live in the flesh. And the Bible says the flesh and spirit, they're at war. It's like a gang beef and it's not stopping. It's going it's going until I die. They, this it's a war going on that there's a the spirit of God inside me is like I want to do the right thing. And my flesh is like no, I'm going to do my thing. And and they're just beefing, you know? How do we determine who wins, you know? Who you feed? Who you feed? You feed your flesh day in and day out. Flesh is going to be pounding on your spirit. Spirit's like I want to go to church. Shut up. Go to bed, you know? Football's coming on. What's that how it'll be? I don't want to that's how it'll be. You feed your spirit, though. Be like Clint was saying, do your daily reading, be in the word, spend time in prayer, feed your spirit. You, you'll find that your flesh will cry out. Shut up. Now, now, now I'm boss. It goes both ways. It's who you feed. So be, be, be diligent to feed the spirit, man, that, that we might be equipped and strengthened to be and to do all the things that God wants us to be and do. Amen. Verse three. He says, if indeed. Having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Um, it's speaking about our, our bodies. You know, we're not going to be bodiless spirits. We have bodies on earth, so temporary, they'll shed. Um, in the next realm, we're going to also have bodies that are eternal, um, made in the heavens. You know, we're not going to be without bodies. You know, God has created this, this body. The, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, it talked about how the, that this corruption will put on incorrupt, incorruption. This mortal will put on immortality. This body right here is not made for eternity. Um, I can't go to heaven in this one right here. It's, it's tainted. But there's another one. There's a body that God has prepared for me that can be in eternity. You know, and it's, I think of it like you, know, you see the people that go into space. They're going into another realm. They're going into another. Re they, they, they have to prepare. They can't. You can't go to space like you are right now. You'll get up there and go, it's just, it'll be over. You know, they, they got to put you in a suit. They got to put you in something that's created for that environment. None of us could go to heaven in this thing right here. Uh, it's sinful. It's jacked up. It, it, it don't, don't work. 
But I, that's why I think we look forward to the new body. I, I can't wait to be in a condition where there's no sin, no struggle. There's no battle. You know, you won't be in heaven beefing with people. For y'all that struggle with argument, you won't, you won't be in heaven arguing with folks, you know. Uh, whatever you struggle with, whatever you battle with down here, when you get there, you won't be battling with it. You won't be, you won't be tempted to steal your neighbor's, you know, trinkets and whatnot, you know. Um, we're going to be in a good space. And I used to wonder, you know, when I, I didn't understand how it all worked, I was like, man, if Satan got kicked out, I wonder if we can get to heaven and then mess up and get kicked out. Um, and I, I used to, that would trouble me. That's a troubling thought. Could you get to heaven? And then do something wrong, and then God be like, "That's you messed up. You got to go. I kicked out the devil. Kick you out too. You can you can rest assured that's not the case. Um, you know, Satan was an angel, um, and they have a different reality. They they were already in the presence of God. They they've seen His unveiled glory, and so to resist Him from that position, God said that there there's no other alternative for you and I. In Hebrews, it says that God didn't give aid to the angels, but He did give aid to the seed of Abraham. And when you look at that, you know, it might got, if, 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 you go, if you're trying to go to college and you don't have money, you need financial aid, right? If you're trying to, you get sick and get hurt, you need first aid. We got spiritual issues. We need spiritual aid. God said, I, made, I, give, I give aid to the seed of Abraham. God made available to you and me help that he didn't make available to the angels. And so when they fail, it's, it's, there's no plan of redemption for them. You and I are fallen, but God makes a plan of redemption. We can be forgiven. We can be washed. And what God does is permanent. And so uh, when it says our sins are washed away in the blood of Christ, when it's washed away, it's gone. When I stand before God, it's not there. Um, And when I get up there, I'll get a new nature so that I won't mess up again. And so um, just so I want to answer that question. So you can't get there and mess up and get kicked out, which I'm glad because that used to worry me. I'm like, if if someone can get kicked out, I think it would be me. I think I would get up there and have a bad day and then be like, man, I was... I think that would be worse than never going to go and be like, it was it was so great. I was there. It was, man, the angels were singing songs and now I'm here with y'all. I hate this, you know. So I rejoice that that's, that's not true. That won't happen. So uh, verse four, it says, for we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. And so he says, we, we, we grown looking forward to having this, this temporary state swallowed up by life. And if you can take an image, I don't know if you want to gross you guys out. I like the animal channel. If you ever, I watched the, the one on snakes, snakes swallow their food whole. So if you go to the anacondas, um, out in the jungles where they are, they, they eat big animals, uh, which is scary. They eat things that are bigger than humans. They eat calves, they eat cows. And so, um, you'll find them when, you know, they, they had an animal killed or died. We don't know how it died, but then it's swallowed up and it's complete. Now you look at the animal, you can see the frame of what it ate, but it's gone. It's swallowed up in the anaconda. And that's where, where he says here, it says, look, our mortality, the part of us, the dying part, is going to be swallowed up in life. There'll be nothing else, death. There'll be nothing else that looks like death. We'll just be swallowed up in life. What God is wanting to do for us, God has given us life. When he says he's given us life and that much more abundantly, that's it's a quality of life. It's a it's a it's a it's a duration of life. It's eternal. What God wants to do for his kids. And so death is going to be swallowed up by life for the believer. Again, it should be something that when we understand this is something that we, we groan for. We look forward to If There's not in your heart a a um, I don't want to say a craving, but if there's not an, an excitement, a a desire, something that says, man, I, I look forward to to eternity, 
that you might not understand it fully. You might be missing some pieces. If there's nothing, there's nothing inside you that says, I look forward to that. Not that you have a death wish. Not that you're trying to die early. Not that you're, you know, running out in front of trucks. I hope I die, you know. But it's, it's, it's uh, the reality that, that God, I, I, I look forward to what's to come. I'm looking forward to what you're going to do. Um, we did a mission. Me and Dewan took some kids on a mission trip way back. I think Harmony was like eight years old. We took kids to Japan. And when we did this mission trip, I had this one kid named Michael Chacon. And he was just a little, he was an awesome evangelist. Kid would go out, share the gospel. But, you know, he, he was so excited to be, you know, out and just, he just wanted to run and jump and all these things. And he kept saying, we were saying, Mike, you got to be careful. I, I, I was so concerned. I got all these parents' kids. And, and, you know, every mother came and said, you make sure you take care of my kid. They, 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 every mother put that on you real heavy. So the sense of responsibility on me was great. Like I got all these people's kids and you want them, you want to make sure you deliver them back whole and in good shape, you know. And this kid would be running and jumping off of stuff. And we had areas where we went to the lakes and he was jumping off of cliffs and rocks. And, and I'm like, dude, be careful. And this is what he would do every time it would drive us crazy. He would go, yeah, he would say, <laughs> he, would, he, would, he would joke that, you know, if I die, I'm going to heaven. Yay. And he, would, he kept saying that. I'm like, man, you're going to get it. If I die, I'm going to die. Go to heaven. Yay. And all I can think about is that's not what your mother is going to be feeling right now, you know. But. He did that in jest and in joking, but for the believer, that can be the reality in our heart that, you know, when this is over with, right, I'm going to heaven. Like for the believer, this, whatever this life is, it just, the, the, there's a hope. I call this a, a resurrected hope. My future is bright. It, it's, it's going to get, it can only get better. It might be great right now, right? There's a reality right now. It can, it can be going bad, but for the believer, be good because it's a reality in my heart. Like, I'm right with God. This, this bad thing that's happening is going to work out for the, for the good. I love the Lord. So I'm just waiting for the good to flip around and work out. So I'm not even overwhelmed by that. Even if it's going bad, right, for the believer, it's, it's, I have a hope. This, my life is not wrapped up in this place. This is not it for me. If this were it, then if it started looking bad, it would be depressing. I'd lose hope. But for me, it's like, no, this is, this is I'm, I'm, I mean, this is for a while, but one day I'll be in heaven. One day it's going to be all over. You know, when I did my mother's funeral, um, she passed away and, and I was, you know, getting all her stuff together. And, you know, and then you start seeing that she had bills and hospital things. And I, when I got all her paperwork together, I started seeing maybe what her life looked like, maybe the stresses that were coming through. And I remember sharing that at her funerals. I had all her stuff. I said, man, she ain't got to worry about nothing. I mean, she's not thinking about a bill. She's not thinking about failing health. She's not this all over with. She's with the Lord. And now I'm looking at it. <laughs> you know, I'm, like, I'm trying to figure out like how we get this paid, how we take care of them. But for her, it's over. It's, it's no thoughts. That's our reality for the believer. Now, that's not the reality for the non-believer, And that's why it's so important that we make firm and sure and are confident that we are in relationship with Jesus Christ, that we are born again, that our sins are forgiven. The most important thing you're going to do with this life is surrender it to the Lord. Most important thing. And it, it'd be the it'd be the most regretful thing that anybody that passes away didn't do. Right. Anybody passes away without the Lord, it'll be it'll be an eternal regret. They'll be eternally sorry. It won't matter what you accomplish in this life. You could think of the greatest athlete, the greatest star and all the accolades. When you die, they say death is a great equalizer. At death, none of it will matter. It won't matter if you were successful, unsuccessful. 
If you were a millionaire, billionaire, none of it goes with you. Um, when you die, it's, it's you're locked in at that point. Saved, lost. Child of God, child of the devil. Going to heaven, going to hell. Locked in. And so at death, most important thing will be you could have been a bum, but, but you go to heaven. Second Corinthians is a book that circles back to some things that were hit on in 1 Corinthians. There had been some sin within the church in between the first letter and this letter. The Corinthians had dealt with the sin and were moving past that, working toward unity and forgiveness. This is something that's easier said than done. The hard work is addressing sin, but sometimes the hard work that's required after that is choosing to forgive once the sin issue has been resolved. This is the best way for relationships to move forward after having a rift. Are any of these topics something that you can relate to in your life? Pointing out areas of sin, working at forgiving, and striving for unity? Of course they are. You're human. We like to come alongside you and be a support in these areas that you might be currently addressing. Would you text or call us and share where you are in the process? Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We'd be happy to listen and pray with you through these things. If you're in the area, it would be so great to meet you in person. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you'd like more info, go to CalvaryEnglewood.org for our location and directions. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. We hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you in the days that we're living in. Join us again on A Transforming Word.